This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. With FedHealth, you create your perfect medical aid. From the benefits you want to how and how much you pay. Visit fedhealth.co.za and switch to FedHealth now. FedHealth, create your aid. In the month of March, we celebrate a really significant day. And why only have it on one day when we can create awareness throughout the whole month and also throughout the year? In March, we celebrate World Down Syndrome Day. And I say celebrate because we celebrate all children and we also create awareness. A big thank you to our support. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. Tineke Gansmalan, a friend and a mother as well as, you have to check out this website. So it's dsawc.co.za, the Down syndrome Association Western Cape. Thank you for joining us on Baby Brunch and for being part of creating awareness about our children and about humans in general. Thank you, Ilana. What was your reaction when you found out that the baby that you are holding in your arms has Down syndrome? Uh, let me start by saying that I, we are all individuals. We are and our children are even though they all have Down syndrome. But nothing, I think, can prepare you for that moment when the doctor tells you that your child has Down syndrome, whether it's before the baby is born or after the baby is born. And I think my first thought was they made a mistake. They have to retest because I am not uh, equipped to do this. I'm not, I don't know how to raise a child with Down syndrome. I don't know anything about Down syndrome. And I, th- I also think with that comes uh, almost a little bit of anger. You go through a, a mourning process because you, you are mourning the baby that you thought you were going to have. Um, and I, what I did, I immediately started gathering information. It, this was almost 28 years ago. So there was no internet. Um, you had to go to the library and most of the books were American. Um, but I got some information. And what also helped tremendously was while I was in hospital, the two people from the association, the Down syndrome association, came to visit me. They were called by the, the doctor, and that it was it was um just you you feel very helpless when this, you know, the doctor says your child has Down syndrome, or I think with any disability, probably you would feel very helpless. And suddenly there was something that could be done. I realized I looked at these people and I thought, if they can do it, then I can probably do it as well. So there was a little bit of hope raised in that moment. And I think that's also where my journey began with and uh, with other parents. Um, assisting me learning from people who've gone before me and I think that's why I'm, I work at the association as well because I can now give back to other parents um, and, and just help them along the way um, and I think it, it also helps to know that you're not alone in this you know there's, there's, there's other people who are I mean we've all heard the same boat scenario now um, uh, in the last two years but I mean it really helps if there's somebody there that that you can understand and uh, I I think just the word to the medical professionals a lot of the time 
uh, on our website, they can see there's, there's a specific way to convey the news. And a lot of the, the time, over the years that I've worked with parents, that what they carry with them is not the, the fact that the baby has Down syndrome, that they overcome, they, they live with it. But it's how the news was conveyed. A lot of the time right. it's done in a very sad, derogatory um, way. Um, and, and that's the scar that's actually left. It's interesting that you said how the news was broken. I mean, I'm a mom of a prim baby and um, I'll never forget Magani is a, I think she's a superwoman. And when she, when Annabelle came, she said to me, um, she's going to need some TLC. And I realized, okay, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do a little bit of work. You know, she's great and fantastic now, but I hear what you say with, we carry other scars with us if the news isn't broken to us. And again, uh, if you're watching this uh, from someone else, dsawc.co.za, please check out that website and also advise it to people uh, far and wide. We, we want people to, to be educated. Speaking of which, they talk about a, a people-first language. What is referred to when it's referred to people-first language? We, um, as an association, and I think it's, it's worldwide, prefer and would like other people to refer to people with Down syndrome first as people. They are a brother, a sister, a child, a boyfriend, a... Um, it's, it's, they, they are family members first they belong you know they're people first so it's not a so we we, we say you, you we talk about a baby with down syndrome a child with down syndrome not a down syndrome baby so we don't put the disability first we put the person first um, so that's what it refers to and I think what's also important um, is speaking uh, the right words words are very very important um you know in 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 all situations and not to use uh like i i asked kevin once if if you know how he would like to be referred to and he said he would like to be called a young man with down syndrome he doesn't want to be called a downsy or a um mm-hmm. special or an angel or a he, you know he he doesn't want these little names. So I think, you know, to respect that as well. It's wonderful that you can have these conversations with, with your son. And, you know, immediately I think of the work that we've done on our Baby Brunch platform uh, in our inclusivity podcast and how we speak to people who are differently abled and, and what we would like, you know, and how we can communicate with people and just ask them what they would like in a situation. Do we need to communicate differently to someone with Down syndrome, have you found having a young man in your home that perhaps he comes home from school or there's a situation at a family gathering and you wish you could have said something or asked them, this is the time. How would you as a mom and as someone who works with us association, how would you like to see us communicating and speaking to someone with Down syndrome? I think for us as parents and for, for us as, as people working with and living with Down syndrome, just the mere fact that people acknowledge our children um, and speak to them already makes a difference. Yeah. And, and I think it also speaks to who you are as a person if you engage with somebody with a disability. Yeah. It shows, you know, the fear isn't there and you see them as a person. Um, and, and what also happens quite often 
is that when Kevin is with me, people will ask me what his name is. They will ask me how old he is. Um, and I, I have also heard people in wheelchairs saying the same thing. You know, people speak sort of over their heads to the person behind them. Um, what is wrong with her or why is she in a wheelchair? So um, I think firstly, then, then is to, to speak to them, uh, maybe just slow down a little bit and make your sentences shorter um, and, and easy to understand questions. And they are very, they love, I mean, without generalizing and making it sound like they're a nation on their own, they, <laughs> they love communicating, they love people and they, they love and affection. Chatting. Yeah, yes. they, they love to talk about themselves. They love to talk about themselves. <laughs> can Down syndrome be prevented? No, there's nothing anybody can do. And I think that's also important for us. And it's something that we tell new parents very quickly is you, you do not have to feel guilty because nothing you did or didn't do caused down syndrome it's a random thing that happens one in a thousand births all over the world all nations all income groups it's it doesn't discriminate at all and um uh, yeah it's it's not like you are specifically picked for a specific reason it's just mm -hmm. random you didn't know during your pregnancy that you are carrying a baby with down syndrome no would things would things have been different had you known I think it would have been. I, um, I'm glad I didn't find out. Um, 27 and a half years later, I'm glad I didn't find out because I, I do believe that I probably would not have continued with the pregnancy. But where I am now on this journey and, and looking back, I am glad for the experience, the people you meet, the um, just learning. I learned from people with Down syndrome every day they make they keep you humble they uh, they show you what is important in life they don't care who you are they don't care where you are from the only thing they measure you on is how you treat them mm -hmm. and uh, so it's it's been a wonderful journey um, for me and um, yes there's difficult things yes it's not always easy but um but it's it's my journey What's the one quality you love about your son? Um, sure, he is very forgiving. He he can he can he can get upset quickly, uh, <laughs> not 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 without reason, but uh, but he forgives very quickly as well. I think, and that's that's quite something. And he he loves his family and mm. the people that he cares for. He really. Um, loves and and he will walk a mile to to assist i immediately think of our moms watching this video or even listening to our audio and our podcasts with a baby with down syndrome their needs are different yes definitely and i think the parents needs also are different from mm. from other parents and um, so it's the whole family although one person in the family has down syndrome it affects everybody in the family um, and I think the first thing that is important for parents is to, to know that what they are feeling is valid. You know, they don't have to feel sad or guilty about how they feel. Um, it's just feelings and we need to work through them. Um, I also think that um, it's important to know that there's hope. 
And for me, it was learning from other people, seeing them, uh, how they coped. The first time I, I came to a function at the association, I really thought it was going to be this, this like everybody was going to like whisper and talk softly because it's this big thing that you know happened to everybody. And I walked in and they were all laughing and talking. Nobody was talking about their children. It was just a gathering of parents. And, and I realized it's only a part of your life. It's not your whole life. You know, and, wow. and and I think as parents also, we don't take away the goalposts for our children. We just move them slightly. We, we just bring them closer, a little bit closer. And, um, and, and yes, their needs are different. The wonderful thing is they don't need all the things at the same time. You grow with it. So it's not like they, you know, yes, we do tend to worry what's going to happen to my child when I'm not there anymore. But that's that's in in the future and we we you you try as best as you you can you plan as best as you can but um it, it it's something that grows with you and your child grows with you but we have to make that path it's not the the mainstream path that other parents follow what happens when our children fall in love well kevin's in love he's got a girlfriend she is 21, she's turning 22 this year, and um, they have been girlfriend and boyfriend for for a, almost two years, I think, um, and she's his whole life, he says, she's his whole life, and she calls him a handsome, and they go and have a burger at the burger shop, and they go and have an ice cream, and they go and walk around the block, and they... In COVID, they held hands through the gates of the of the different <laughs> houses. So we <laughs> we visited them, um, but it's a very normal relationship, mm -hmm. and I think um, it's good for for everybody to have somebody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yes, I'm not saying everybody needs somebody, but for I think it's good because they like the same things, they watch the same movies, they listen to music. They, if we have a braai. Uh, and she's there, then, you know, they sit outside next to the pry and they chat and they all have their side or whatever. And it's just it's just a very normal relationship. Mm. And I think the only thing is that we as parents know that, that yes, they can get married probably, but the, the, the actual logistics of it, of where they will live and where they – so I told Kevin that you need to have a house before you can – he can have a wife so he's working very hard um, at his day job so that he can save money so that he can actually buy a house one day and then he can ask her to marry him right you you've said so many valuable things and and how we grow with our children and it's no different for any other parent no matter how your baby was given to you or how they were born i'm reading a book at the moment that even gives examples of how to handle your child when they are in a situation of of shock or trauma uh, fear yeah. what are we as parents fearing why why is down syndrome such an issue why is it such a for once what are we fearing i think firstly the unknown um if if a doctor says your baby has down syndrome they cannot tell you it's not it's not a, a baby that's blind or deaf and these are the things that you can do you actually don't know whether your baby's going to be healthy whether your baby's going to have a heart condition 
how uh, much, how big the affected your baby will be, how the intellect, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's that makes it a little bit more difficult. So the unknown, and the other thing is, we as parents don't feel equipped. Even even as a parent of a typical child, I mean, I have a daughter who's four years older than Kevin, and you almost never feel equipped to handle. Mm-hmm. You know, you do what you have to do. So I think that is is also plays a role. And a lot of the time, parents feel that they feel sorry for that baby. How will people treat him? Mm. How will people look at him? How will what will happen to him? Um, I don't want my child to have a hard life. And very often, that's some of the reasons that people do not continue with the pregnancy. Mm. Um, you know, it's not because. People have often said to me, but it's, you know, it's 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 not the right thing to do. They can have the child adopted. But even then the child is living a life. Then even then, you know, so I think it's just um it's just the fear of not knowing and not feeling equipped. And also it is something that stays with you for the rest of your life. You have somebody who is dependent on you in you know, our children do not grow independent. They, they grow as independent as they can. But mm. where other children leave the home and they go and study and they get married and they live on their own, our children do not necessarily do that. Yes, Kevin doesn't live with me in the week. He lives in a hostel. When he was 24, 23, he came to me and he said, I don't want to live under your roof anymore. I want to live at uh, in a hostel. I want to live on my own. So... Well, yeah, he said he wanted to live on his own. And, and I said to him, well, the alternative for you is if you're not living here, it means that you have to go and live in a place where there are other people with Down syndrome who are living. And and we, we you know, he went and he's he's happy there, but he comes home every weekend. And um, so he, he's as independent as he can be. He, I mean, he works two, two days a week in a coffee shop, etc. But he still needs me. Or if I'm not there anymore, you will need somebody else to assist him. He cannot work with money. He cannot. There's many things that he is just not able to do for himself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's the the fear. On a day where we're creating awareness and where we're celebrating, even you as a mom who is busy educating people and doing your best with organizational work to say, hey, man, like everything's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. What is our okay? Give our parents some reassurance. I think uh, for for any parent, you know, I've, I've met so many parents over the years and I can honestly say that 99,9% of them are fine. You know, they are really, they look back and they, on those first, few weeks or months or however long it takes you to to adjust and to to come to terms um and they, they look at that and and they it's, it's almost like i that they can't believe that this was what they went through if they look if i look at their child now they think you know it was not necessary to to go through that to to feel that way so i think just the hope and to get help ask for help go to an association in your area there's one in virtually every big city in south africa 
um, speak to other parents, gather information, make decisions, you know, with with knowledge behind you, and also remember that you are the mother and the father of that child, and you know your child best. Um, don't let anybody else tell you that you don't know your child. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's it's very important, and you've 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 walked the journey, and remember that it doesn't all happen at once. It's little small increments of of things that happen, and the highs are extremely high. You know, when 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 your child starts talking at five or four or however old he is when he starts talking, it's 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 almost more amazing than a child starting to talk when they're supposed to talk or walking or whatever they're doing. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's an amazing journey. It's just a different journey. Thank you so much, Tinoko. Well, find support, find your closest organization in your area and just know that you are not alone. DSAWC.co.za. Tinoko, thank you. Thank you, Ilana, for the opportunity. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. With FedHealth, you create your perfect medical aid. From the benefits you want to how and how much you pay. Visit fedhealth.co.za and switch to FedHealth now. FedHealth, create your aid.